This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello and welcome back to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters, Head of Retail Strategy at Acadia. And today I'm joined by a special guest, Paolo Bacarin, who is the e-commerce team leader at Toms of Maine, which is part of the Colgate Palmolive umbrella and a market leader and OG in the natural segment. So a little bit about Paolo. Paolo has 14 years of experience in the CPG space, working across many different channels, functions, and geographies. He spent the last six years in digital commerce and the past four working particularly closely with Amazon from setting up the business to driving performance across the different levers of their ecosystem. Paolo is passionate about driving cross-functional collaboration and connecting the dots to solve problems and tackle growth opportunities. Um, And I'm really excited to talk with you today, Paolo, about retail media and other things that you're excited about in the world of e-commerce. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Kiri. And yeah, very excited to be here with you. I've been an avid consumer of your podcasts, articles, and researches. So I'm thrilled to be here with you uh, and taking the stage. Yeah, thank you so much. And just a little note, the reason why we connected was uh, podcasts are really a one-way communication tool. I feel like I'm like shouting into the wind and not sure if anyone is hearing me. I posted on LinkedIn recently asking if people could like my post if they listen to the podcast and Paolo liked my post so I reached out and and now I know that he listens to the show it really um it really helps it to to come alive um for me so if you do listen to the show I'd love it if you reach out and, and said hi so Paolo um we're here to talk about retail media big topic people are very interested in how retail media, the retail media function is staffed at different companies? What does that org structure look like? What kind of KPIs are brands tracking? Because everyone's doing it a little bit differently. It's so new. These functions seem to like span different existing teams from brand and performance. And there's no like really consistent natural home for retail media in a lot of companies. So the point of these discussions is just to learn how are different brands doing it, what's working well, um, so we can all learn from each other. So what would you say at Toms of Maine and also, you know, being part of a much larger company as well, what's one thing that your company has done really well with retail media? Yeah, that's a, a good question. And I think it's uh, how we assembled a winning digital commerce team and most specifically the e-commerce marketing team uh, taking the lead in the partnership with these retail media networks. And the centerpiece of it, I would say, is the balance of internal and external talent. So to win this digital commerce space as a whole in retail, mar- uh, retail media networks specifically, there's gotta be a fine balance uh, between managing the complexities and the ever evolving uh, platforms and algorithms uh, fueling these retail media networks 
but also it needs to connect back uh, to the overarching company goals, uh, strategies, and priorities. So I think uh, the company has done a good job on tackling that by hiring external subject matter experts that helped us expedite uh, our learning curve on how to operate in this complex environment, but also bringing in the right talent uh, from uh, the internal uh, structure into this mix. So in essence, it's great people. Uh, and I think there's a culture that allows uh, teamwork. And also, I think constructive conflicts will be part of it, mixing these two uh, together. So we've done that, and I think we've been set up for success. Yeah, that's, that's really that's really helpful. So um, just thinking about those, uh, something that you mentioned about digital commerce team, is that, does that sit across a brand team? Like organizationally, what does that look like? Yeah, so we've taken, I would say, a hybrid approach uh, with a center of excellence uh, where the subject matter experts sit, but there are also people in the digital commerce allocated to customer teams and also uh, people allocated to work closely with uh, brand teams. So yeah. I think this hybrid approach kind of uh, helps us bring the, the, the two pieces together by yeah. understanding the complex environment, but also reconnecting it back to the company strategy and priorities. Yeah, that makes sense because the, the, the need for a national sales organization and the need for a brand team hasn't gone away. <laughs> they, mm -hmm. can't be they can't be replaced, but we've got this whole new you know, way of connecting with customers that that hasn't existed before. So it need, there needs to be an add, not necessarily a, um, a subtract. Exactly. So another big question is um, incentives and, and ownership and what kind of how brands have their going beyond org structure, I, I guess, and into KPIs. How do you think about incentives and KPIs across those different groups when they're you know, working on a, on a shared objective as a hybrid team? Yeah, so I think the org structure uh, and even incentives, I would say there's that's a complicated question to answer and call to make uh, across organizations, right? There is no not really a one-size-fits-all. Uh, it needs to be connected to the broad go-to-market uh, go strategy of the company. So the retail media network management can operate in, in isolation and go-to-markets vary by company. So mm. uh, I think that's one piece that kind of complicates. The other one is that it's a very volatile and ever-evolving space. So trying to create like swing lanes, roles and responsibilities, or even changing the structure at the pace of these retail media networks evolution would create chaos. Yeah. Uh, and I think the other piece also where it sits and kind of incentives, it's evolving to being uh, a centerpiece of the strategy across every single part of the, the funnel, right? Yeah. So. I think you had a good podcast uh, highlighting how Amazon hopping into uh, Thursday night football, how they expand their expanded their uh, awareness presence, for example. Mm. So 
it's becoming a uh, integral part of every single uh, stage of the funnel. So that also creates complexity. But your point is more like, how do we uh, work around this, right? So I would say actually two key points that I believe that could incentivize companies to drive more impact and performance in this retail media network space. The first one is KPIs uh, ownership even over roles and responsibilities or where it sits, right? And that's mm. like, I, I have a, a, a background in, in sales and that's where I spent a big part of my career. And I think I've always had to go above and beyond my scope to get to my sales goal. I had to empathize and harness support from cross-functional groups like finance, supply chain, marketing uh to get their support or even to get some things done uh and that was because i was driven to reach my kpi so i think the same can uh kind of apply here in the retail media network space right there needs to that needs to be connected to an overarching goal connects uh different teams or different uh silos but then assigning specific supporting goals and owners to KPIs uh, that ladder up to this overarching goal uh, will be helpful. And then making sure that these are monitored and reported frequently, right? So yeah. in essence, I think that the KPI ownership would drive action and that would help make the cross-functional collaboration more seamless, break up silos, and also sort out these discussions and challenges around like where does the budget comes from or sits at or who is responsible for specific tasks. So I think mm. that's a, a big one. And I think even an enabler to this one, going back to company culture, right? I, I don't think retail media network responsibility needs to be isolated from sales or actually sales managers and advertising teams need to work very closely together yeah. to achieve overarching goals. So that in, in requires uh, a culture that fo fosters uh, constructive conflict. There will be mm -hmm. some conflicting interests there, but if there is a culture that supports constructive conflicts and there is executive buying to then kind of solve some inflection points, uh, then I think if that's in place, the retail media network's responsibility and where it sits might be less relevant. That is a really interesting take and something that I haven't really heard before. And just to underscore your point there, KPI ownership to drive action rather than a sole focus on roles and responsibilities. And what I like about it is the, the landscape changes so quickly that there's new retail media players popping up all the time or merging in the case of Kroger and Albertsons. And so things just change so quickly that actually putting a name next to a channel or putting a name next to some kind of marketing strategy is going to be so quickly, um, it's going to change so quickly <laughs> that it becomes redundant. And then also it's going to cause people to kind of really dig into what is the, what is driving this KPI on a deeper level. This is a huge passion of mine is looking at what, what metrics are actually going to drive results. And I see all too often a brand who is wanting to grow category share or launch a new product, 
but they're not willing to sacrifice any anything in the way of ROAS, for example, and just a, a misunderstanding around what is the right, what's the right tool for the job in terms of KPIs and what actually understanding what drives those. So to your point, if you're looking at KPI ownership being the most important way to drive action rather than Sally over there manages Amazon and Christine manages Walmart, that that's um that that's not very dynamic or flexible and is not really going to help identify the drivers of those KPIs. Yeah, you're right. So what have you uh, what have you changed your mind about about retail media? Yeah, good question. So I think it's been over the years, but I've changed my perception of retail media networks and how uh, retailers are using it. I think primarily my perception was it's an additional revenue stream, so it's just gonna inflate uh, JVPs, for example. And I think I changed over the years again from that to it being more a primarily uh, tool for me to activate business priorities and help me achieve the goals. It's not black and white, right? So yes, it is a revenue stream. I think some big numbers came up over the the past few days. Uh, Amazon reported 9.5 billion revenue uh, in a quarterly earning, 25% growth year over year, which is massive. Walmart started to disclose also in uh, around the two billion uh, for their uh, 2021 year, and then some data that came out from uh, Group M and that you uh, highlighted in your Forbes article of how it's supposed to get you 11% of uh, global ad spend. So I think these are like again just big numbers showing that it's impressive and it is a revenue stream and a profitable revenue stream, right? So. Operating in e-commerce, the operations cost might be more, uh, they will be higher than operating just brick and mortar and a profitable business like this will help them get a more profitable business overall. So I think it is still a revenue stream, but again, my perception changed as I started to better understand how much control we have over things and how retail media networks platforms evolved. Right. So then I realized that not necessarily just having bigger budgets will drive uh, better performance. And also making a reference to a recent article you published uh, in it to win it. That highlighted, uh, I think, towards the end, you had a very uh, relevant point on how things like the way you set up your campaigns, the way creatives are defined will be game changing. So, yeah, I think. In, in essence, that's what uh, changed my mind, looking into it more as a strategic lever to support my strategy and goals than just being a line of spend to meet the, the retailer expectation. And um, what, what are the metrics that you track specifically around retail media? Well, uh, I love this question because I'm very passionate and keen on, on analytics. So I like, especially in this space with so much data and so much going on, uh, that helps me make better uh, decisions and fact-based decisions. Uh, so I think just like being responsible for the overarching sale uh, number, I need to connect dots between not only the sales uh, KPIs, but also operations and advertising metrics, right? They 
kind of interact and you you, you made a, a brief reference of like using the right tool which gives us even more kpis so i think the the challenge there is not only what we use but how we're using right so mm. to answer your question on, on the what i think primarily what i'm looking into is consumption uh, i think that's what will uh make uh, the partnership uh expand with mm -hmm. uh, the customer that will then drive my shipments which will get the to the uh overarching uh enterprise goal but then so consumption, really? like, would that would the proxy for that be purchase orders or shipped cogs? Or... Yeah, or sales through uh, Amazon. So whatever Amazon right. is selling of our products in their one P uh, yeah. to to the end user. Yep. And I think, but that's again the 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 big one. But then yeah. going a level down and drilling down into the kind of like the three KPIs, basically driving uh, consumption or uh, our sales on Amazon, which is traffic, ASP, and conversion rate, right? Looking into these three and also uh, looking into advertising sales and how much it's contributing to the overall uh, sales. So I think this, this three will ladder up to, to sales, but then Third level being uh, uh, KPIs that will fill, uh, for example, traffic. So that, mm. going back to our discussion into retail media networks, what I'm really keen on looking is share of voice, advertising yep. clicks, uh, or the advertising traffic, advertising sales, like I mentioned, and the ROAS. So I like how you're always saying, don't only look into ROAS, that can be just uh the the one kpi we're looking into so yeah. i think it's the balance across uh this four and that's again yeah. the what the how i think it's important because yeah. it's a data rich uh rich environment uh, right right so you can end up getting into rabbit holes and just getting overwhelmed with the amount of data so Yes, I like to stick to like scorecards, looking to the the KPIs that I mentioned, and that's kind of the the visualization and the types of KPIs I'm looking on a weekly or even daily basis. Mm. But then, as I'm looking into these and I feel like I need more information, that's when I will go more in an ad hoc format to uh, some other KPIs like CPC, impressions, CPM to get to the bottom of like the, the root causes of the growth that I'm seeing or the opportunities to uh, revert some negative trends. And I will, again, that will help me leapfrog from just looking to a bunch of data to connecting to decisions to drive the business. Yeah, I, I love that breakdown because you, you have your North Star goal, which is consumption. That's the North Star. Is it, is it growing? Is it going to help us meet plan? And then you drill down further into what, what drives consumption. And then third tier, what drives those, those KPIs as well. And that's when you get into some secondary metrics like ROAS, which, of course, most companies are not going to be completely oblivious to, to, to ROAS. It, it's a check and balance at, at that point, but it's not sort of at the top of the pile. But I do love that concept of 
sort of like a, a tree of of KPIs that you have and that you're tracking um, because as you said there are just there are so many things that you could track and so many data points that Amazon does throw at you and you know throwing a new data point at you to convince investment in some sort of new program or a tentpole event or something like that and it's a it's a KPI that you don't track and it sort of it's a new shiny object that can sort of distract you from what is actually going to help you toward that ultimate goal of, of consumption. Yeah. I, I love, I love your reference to shiny objects because yeah. I think even in terms of like advertising placements, but back to data, there are some really cool data points that uh, come in, come up uh, every now and then, but again, being very choiceful and focused yeah. on what you want to primarily uh, drive will avoid that just being a cool data point that you're looking right. at that won't really help you make good decisions. Yes, absolutely. So two more questions here for you. Uh, what, what predictions do you have for retail media? Hmm, good one. Uh, not really sure if it's predictions or if I'm being kind of like Captain Obvious here, but I think it will continue to get bigger, right? I think that's kind of obvious again. So capabilities are continuously evolving. I think CPGs are understanding better and there's being a bigger buying to how much it's evolving and how much you can get out of the data points shared. So. I think it will get more share from alternative media channels and even from trade features. So that will kind of uh, fuel the growth there. Second one, I would say from a resume perspective, I think it will become increasingly more important, the experience with retail media mm. networks, right? Understanding, knowing how to operate, being, I would say, being like a requirement or at least a desirable skill that companies will be uh, looking into, not mm. only for marketing folks, but also for sales folks. I think that will be the second one. And third one, and it has already started, but the expansion into the digital uh, <laughs> space, right? Yeah. So you're seeing more and more programmatic placements popping up in stores. And I think it's not only Amazon, a lot of other retailers are testing this, some are even yes. expanding. So I yep. think it's emerging, but I, my expectation is that it will emerge even faster and evolve even faster than anywhere else. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Very interesting and interesting to see retailers start to use all those surfaces in stores for placements and for those to get smarter and smarter. I, I think, yeah, I agree with you. Pretty early days with that. And there's been a lot of really interesting sounding use cases thrown around, like what if we could have a dynamic display that is targeted to the individual consumer walking past and then we'll be able to see what they pick up in the store and tie that back to our impression data earlier. I've, I've heard this from some brands that have been pitched something like that by Walmart actually and I'm sitting there I'm like yeah I mean that could all happen but the actual <laughs> a lot of things have to go right for that data to be clean and scalable so I'm I'm, I'm a little skeptical that we're ready for it right now there's a there's all of the all of the ingredients 
are sitting there, but it's going to take some time to actually mix it all up and have it produce a consistent and useful advertising play for brands, I think. Exactly. And what's one thing e-commerce related that you're excited about? I would say like I, I'm very passionate about analytics again. So I would say AMC, but mm. I don't like being a copycat and that has already been brought up uh, <laughs> in previous episodes, right? So I'll go to my next one, which I feel like it, it's how e-commerce uh, is getting truly embedded. Uh, into the company's go-to-market and overall processes. And I think even more importantly, how people are building uh, digital commerce uh, acumen, right? Mm-hmm. think right now that sits more into the digital commerce or e-commerce group and it's starting to expand. So I'm really excited to see how other functions uh, will benefit uh, for themselves. And I think for the uh, broad organization of, Mm -hmm. again, getting uh, these capabilities in place and embedding into their day-to-day work and taking more of a proactive approach, right? Mm -hmm. Things like uh, Amazon, uh, taking as an example, is an ecosystem, right? So relying on the small group of the e-commerce team to spot opportunities across every single piece of the ecosystem that will limit a lot the the reach uh, of the company so once cross-functional people start to understand the opportunities and taking a proactive approach versus just reacting to things being brought up by the e-commerce teams i think it is very powerful and i i'm i'll even go like further than just like looking to supply chain i would say like HR on how they they will be uh, hiring uh, people by understanding the kind of skill sets and also attributes needed for people to uh, operate and get the company to win in this space. Finance, understanding uh, the chargebacks, shortages, and uh, overbilling dynamics. And I think it goes back to to your discussion with John Rossman of like complaining is not a strategy. So you can just like complain, why am I getting so much chargebacks, shortages and et cetera. There's gotta be an understanding of root causes, how we optimize towards that and make sure that we're reducing. So, I mean, the, the, the scope is big there, but connecting back to our discussion on retail media networks, I think also getting to brand marketers, uh, understanding, uh, the potential, right. Mm. The, Amazon advertising goes beyond just Amazon as a commerce platform. It's a full funnel plan that can be created there. There is a lot of potential with closed loop uh, attribution. So once people get to understand the opportunities there and how these can help kind of tackle their uh, business uh, goals, I think it will be very powerful. And I'm very excited with the progress that uh, Tom's and Colgate Palmolive are making uh, in this direction. That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to hear from the trenches of, of how you're thinking about things and what the team looks like and, and your perspective on KPIs and metrics because, um yeah, a lot of us are in our own, feel a little bit like we're on our own islands um, and figuring out the same problems and questions that other other brands are grappling with at the same time as well. So thank you for being open and sharing 
your experience. Sure, and thanks for for having me, Kiri. Uh, I I love how your articles and researches and the Ecom Brain Trust podcast helps us uh, in this space to educate ourselves, help to educate our companies, and elevate our capabilities. So a pleasure to be here with you. Great. Thanks again, and thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'll catch you next week. Bye.